serve at the church. My commitment tonight was to help bring more people to God because I want them to feel the happiness and joy that He brings me. I've learned that lots of people in the Bible, if they weren't really rich, and then they gave up a lot of stuff that they had to be generous. My all-in commitment meant to me that if God's given us 100%, then we should give Him 100%. And if that means reading His Word and going by whatever He says, then that's what we need to do since He sacrificed and did everything for us. My all-in commitment was to donate a little percentage from my paycheck, just like the 10% rule that He tells us to follow and to help with the kids building and learning a little bit more and advancing their minds on Jesus Christ. Showing people about Christ and being all in to do what Christ does for you. All in means to me I'm giving everything to God, my whole entire life, my love, and everything that I've committed to in my life. God just told me to give to Him and it means that it's just helping a lot of the poor and helping us to do a lot of things for the church and for the world. All it means to me putting everything on the line for Jesus because he's done the same for me. I gave financially and I gave my time to the youth and the greeting team. It means to believe and worship with all of your heart and mind and soul. I wrote that I would uh, pay $4 a month $96 in a year, right? Or two years. And I said that would help out in the nursery. Uh, I do a lot of chores around the house and get money for it, and I felt like I needed to help out and pay for some of the new building products and stuff. I made a commitment today to help other people. I've committed to give to others, sing to God, because I love God, and I'm all in. Um, all in to me is knowing that God's plan is to be all in for us as Christ followers and to have our faith and like commit to Christ and be all in for Him. Uh, my commitment was to give um, what I have and let God provide um, and not worry about like my, my financial needs and just know that God always has a way to provide money and there's always a way to give. Um, it means to me that I should worship God with all my heart and that I should trust in Him no matter what and that I should believe in Him and what He tells me to do is true. I really felt like God was telling me to serve in the, um, the nursery through fourth grade um, because not sometimes Miss Nina really needs our help with that and she wants people to help and I really felt like God wanted me to help serve more often. To set aside my struggles and to trust in Jesus Christ. And so that means uh, giving to the church and giving my time and finances and uh, helping other people come to know Jesus in the church and outside of the church. Using everything you have or everything you can do and giving it to God and devoting it to Him. I committed uh, to helping people on my commitment card and uh, money. So I want to help the church grow, um, both financially and bringing people closer. I'm really excited to be on All In. All right. How about that? Man.
Yeah. Uh, there's two things that strike me about that video. First of all, I love the fact that our kids and our high school students get it. That an all-in commitment to Christ is not just about money, right? How many expressions did you hear of, I'm going to serve people, I'm going to serve in the kids' ministry, I'm going to tell others about Christ. And so I love that our kids and our students are kind of leading the way for us as adults, right? And I also love the fact that, you know, when we started this initiative, our primary goal wasn't a dollar amount, it was a 100% participation from our church that we would take this journey together and that includes our kids and our high school students. And I love that, especially um, high school students who are in this service. Thanks for being a part of this journey with us. And, uh, and what you saw was the footage from last Sunday, which was Commitment Sunday for the kids. They did theirs a week earlier than us. And, uh, and at that point, last Sunday, um, let me just share with you what they decided to do. The kids decided to um, pull all their money together to send a care package to the Rathbun family in the Philippines, which is a family from our church serving on mission. Uh, the mission team has been collecting a lot of just care items for them. We realized shortly after we decided to do that how expensive it is just to send things to them. Several hundred dollars. Well, the kids' ministry heard about that and said, what if we collected our money, let the kids just bring money, and let's pay to ship those things to the Rathbun family? And so it's a tangible expression and a participation from our kids' men. And uh, as of last Sunday, uh, I think the girls had raised $137 and the guys $125. You know, all that from our kids' men, again, taking a step of faith, acting in love uh, to send a care package to the Rathbun family. I think that's incredible, uh, both encouraging and challenging to me. Um, we're going to be in 2 Corinthians chapter 9 this morning. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. And so this is so important right now. This moment is such an important moment right now for us as a church. Um, as you've already heard, if you're visiting with us, we're so glad you're here, and I'm actually glad that you're here to be a part of this day, uh, if for no other reason, just to see what God's doing in the life of this church and moving us forward. And, uh, and so I want to take just a moment, though, to say a couple things up front. This journey has, first of all, been an individual journey of faith for each one of us, uh, and that journey of faith has been uh, allowing yourself to be challenged by God. Um, allowing yourself to wrestle and struggle with what commitment he's called you to, but ultimately um, a journey of faith to say, I'm going to trust in you, God, and what you're calling me to do. What makes today such a big moment for us is this is the day we take that step of faith together. Together, right? And so what we're going to be doing today is really a step of faith together as a church. Before we do that, it's so important that whatever commitments are made today are rooted in the truth of God's word, his perspective on making commitments, his perspective on generosity. So that's what we're going to do with our time today from 2 Corinthians 9, look at a passage where the Apostle Paul is challenging a group of Christians uh, to consider their generosity and the commitments that they've made. And he's going to give us some great biblical insight as to the heart behind generosity and what each one of us should be considering today before making any kind of commitment to the Lord, whether that's financial or that's with time or any other commitment that we make. Verse 1 of chapter 9, 2 Corinthians. Now it is superfluous for me to write to you about the ministry of the saints or for the saints. For I know your readiness, of which I boast about you to the people of Macedonia, saying that Achaia has, has already or ready since last year, has been ready since last year, and your zeal has stirred up most of them. But I am sending the brothers 
so that our boasting about you may not prove empty in this matter, so that you may be ready as I said you would be. So let's unpack that, can we? So the ministry for the saints, the collection for the saints, or oftentimes the word koinonia, which we interpret fellowship, refers to the offering that the the Christians would take. And so what Paul is writing about is the ministry for the saints was a collection that the, the Christians in Corinth had committed to make ahead of time. And Paul was saying, I'm sending some brothers ahead of time so that you're ready to fulfill this commitment that you've made. And this collection was going to be taken on to Jerusalem to take care of ministry needs and to meet the needs of those who were struggling in poverty. Okay? So that's the context of what we're looking at. So what he's saying is that on the very onset of this chapter, this is a little bit superfluous for me, meaning it's really probably not even necessary that I say this. Now, why would Paul say that? Because what Paul's anticipating is that everything he's going to go over, they're either already thinking about or have already thought about and have already committed their hearts to. So in some ways, what Paul's saying is, I'm just going to kind of go through what I think you already know and are already doing. Now, that speaks to me as a pastor here at Solid Rock because so much of this all-in journey has been a little bit superfluous for us. This hasn't been... Um, our attempt to talk you into being generous, it's actually almost been a little bit awkward because you're already generous with your time and your commitment to the Lord, your commitment to living in biblical community, your generosity financially. Those things are already happening, so in some ways it almost feels a little bit superfluous or not necessary to even talk about this. But we have to keep in mind, though, Right? Our commitment is not to a dollar amount primarily. Our primary commitment is that we take this journey together. So here's what I would say to you. If one donor had come up to the elders at the very beginning and said, what's the financial goal, and written a check for that amount, we still would have done this journey together. Because it's about each individual person being committed all in, 100%, to this journey God is calling us to. And in many respects, I feel like you're already there. And so what Paul is saying is, I'm, hey, I'm just letting you know we're coming, reminding you of the commitment that you've made so that your commitment, right, may, may have action to it, that you'll be ready to fulfill what you've committed to. If you want to take notes with us, you brought your all-in booklet, um, I would encourage you to take those out now. I um, also want to let you know the all-in booklets have a lot more information than what we're sharing from the platform here, and that's available on our website. There's an all-in tab. You can click on it. You can get all this information if you've got more questions about the initiative or the buildings and all that kind of stuff. Okay? But for today, what we're going to be doing is we're going to be looking at 2 Corinthians 9 and how that informs us on making commitments. And the first statement in our notes is this. All-in commitment is faith in action. All-in commitment is faith in action. Now, we want to acknowledge that commitments can come from a lot of different places. We were talking in community group um, last night about the, the impure motives that can sometimes drive our com- commitments if we're wanting attention, we're wanting the applause of men, we're wanting to be recognized, we're wanting to have power over certain people, or maybe we're feeling shamed and embarrassed, and so we've got to give to get rid of that shame or embarrassment. Those are all impure motives that commitment could come from. When we talk about all in commitment, we're, coming from a, we're talking about coming from a heart that's rooted in faith, that says, I trust you, God. Whatever you're asking of me, I trust you in that. And this journey of following you is going to be back and forth and up and down. And some days I'm going to be getting it right, and a lot of days I'm going to be getting it wrong. But I'm not going to be doing this thing on my own strength, 100%, fueled by faith. God, you do this through me. Not what I can do for you, God, but what you can do through me, fueled by faith. That truth is going to be dripping from the text this morning. 
It's so important that we hear that. There is a subtle yet significant difference between faith-driven Christianity versus works-driven Christianity. Works-driven Christianity is based in this. I want to be accepted by God. I want to be loved by God. And I want to be secure in my eternal destiny. Therefore, I'm going to work hard to get those things. And anytime you slack up or ease up, you start feeling shame and guilt and, oh gosh, God isn't going to love me. I got to get back in the game. I got to give more money. I got to serve more hours. I got to, that's guilt or works based Christianity. Faith based Christianity says this because God has already accepted me, because God already knows me and loves me still, because I have already received from God his grace and I'm adopted into his family, therefore, by faith, I will walk this journey he has called me to, knowing that any good that comes out of my life will be him and him alone. And so it's so important for us to understand that all-in commitments are rooted in faith, not what you can do or what I can do, but what he can do through us. Faith in action. And that's what Paul's calling these Christians to. They'd already made a commitment. He's saying, hey, get ready to put that commitment into action. Now, he's going to go into the next part here in verse 4. He's going to challenge a couple of things. He's going to say, otherwise, so if we don't do this, otherwise, if some Macedonians come with me and find that you're not ready, we would be humiliated to say nothing of you for being so confident. So, I thought it necessary to urge the brothers to go on ahead to you and arrange in advance for the gift you've promised so that it may be ready as a willing gift, not as an exaction. What Paul was anticipating possibly is that even though they had made that commitment when they, would sh when they showed up into town that maybe they wouldn't be ready, right? There'd be some kind of struggle there. And he's saying, hey, I'm sending the brothers in advance Go ahead and do all the wrestling that you need to do. That way you can be ready to fulfill what you've committed to do. There's two things I want to note about their commitment. Is that first, is, first thing is this, is that he was encouraging them to arrange it in advance. This is what we call proactivity, okay? So I was talking with a group of believers this weekend about um, how you know, generosity uh, can come from a lot of different sources. And I was talking about circumstantial generosity, which is, again, nothing wrong with circumstantial generosity. But let me give you a couple examples of circumstantial generosity. I encounter a certain need somewhere. It tugs on my heartstrings, and I decide to be generous. Okay? Still an act of generosity. Nothing wrong with that generosity. But I'm waiting on something to pull on my heartstrings before I decide to be generous. Another version of circumstantial generosity is that when I'm blessed with a lot, I'll assume that God wants me to be generous. And so when those times happen, therefore I'll be generous. I've been blessed with a lot, I'll give away. That's, there's nothing wrong with that. That's good, generosity, right? But they're based on the circumstances around me. What Paul is calling this church to is to be committed and proactive and to make a commitment ahead of time to be generous. That takes faith, Right? That takes a lot of trust that I'm going to have what I need in that moment to be generous. And that's oftentimes where the wrestling begins with us, isn't it? Right? I don't, I don't wrestle with making a commitment on my mortgage or a car payment, those kinds of things. But I wrestle in making a final financial commitment to God because I'm having to do it in advance. Right? I don't know what's going to happen down the road. And that's where God says, hey, trust me. You're my child. Trust me. 
I'm trustworthy. Trust me. And so what Paul is calling these Christians to consider is to go ahead and proactively making that commitment in advance, but not only, <clears throat> not only that, to make sure they're doing so from a willing heart, not an exaction, not a, a shame-based right, extraction of generosity that, oh, Paul's in town, right? He's gonna be so disappointed in us and <coughs> who knows what he might write about us in, a, in his next letter, <coughs> excuse me, if I'm not generous, <coughs> but what he's saying is this. If anybody has a bottle of water, just throw it at me. I'm gonna just like, I don't care if you had the flu. I need to drink something. <laughs> throw it right here. Bow. If you're, if you're listening online, a teenager just threw a bottle of water at me. <laughs> Thank you. You can come collect your bottle after the service. All right. <clears throat> Back to it. What Paul is saying is this. This has got to be a willingness of your heart, okay? It can't be driven, again, by shame or because I have to. There needs to be a willingness in your heart. So make sure you get all that stuff taken care of before we show up. Proactive and willing. An all-in commitment is a proactive and willing gift. Proactive and willing, something you plan on doing. Verse 6 and 7. The point is this. I love it when Paul says that. The point is this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows bountifully will also reap. You say it. Okay. So we're going to read the next verse in just a minute. But it's the one we're most familiar with, the cheerful giver. But so many times I think we read that verse out of context and maybe miss the fullness of the meaning of what Paul's about to say. Before he talks about being a cheerful giver and deciding in your own heart what you're going to give, he lays out God's economy. And he says, here's how God's economy works. So sparingly, reap sparingly. So bountifully, reap bountifully. Now, one of the most common misinterpretations of that verse is this. If I give a bunch of money to the church, God's going to bless me and I'm going to be rich. And so... Right, so what happens is I drop some money in the brown box or the offering plate, and then I go running home and I check my bank account to see if it, if it got bigger. That's, that's not what he's saying here, right? So the idea of bountiful here is the idea of many blessings. You could actually translate it many blessings, okay? So if you sow with your life seeds sparingly, you will reap sparingly. However, if you sow with your life, your choices, your words, your actions, your deeds, bountifully or with many blessings, you will reap many blessings. Now, this applies to all areas of our Christian faith, doesn't it? Right? This applies in those moments as a parent where I'm having a one-on conversation with one of my hard-headed sons because he's just like me, and I'm talking about the truth of Scripture, I'm, I'm explaining the gospel to him, and I'm getting this look. Right? I, I don't know, are you, is it the light on? Are you listening? You know, what I want to get from, from, the, from my boys in that moment is, thank you, Father. Thank you for blessing me with this great biblical truth. You've changed my life forever. But that never happens, right? But in those moments, we do that. Why? Because we're not looking for the immediate response. We're sowing seeds of faith. We're planting the seeds of the gospel and the truth of Scripture in their lives, knowing that it will produce a fruit in time, right? Right? 
We've talked about this in the, in the All In series, how so many exciting things are happening right now in Solid Rock Church, but it's not because God got a last minute idea um, in December of last year and went, you know what, I'm gonna do some cool stuff at Solid Rock, let's just do this. The fruit that we're seeing in and through our church is the result of seeds sown over 30 years. Seeds of faithfulness, seeds of generosity, seeds of self-sacrifice, right? The hours and the hours that, that, that folks have spent believing and trusting in the vision that God has for this church, day in, day out, year in, year out, are now producing fruit. That's what Paul's talking about here, that with our lives, in all areas of our life, not just our money, that we would sow with our lives bountiful seeds of faith. And that when we do that in God's economy, we will reap bountiful blessings. But this is not a get-rich-quick scheme. Now, from here, Paul is going to move us to the next verse that we're more familiar with. Each one must give as he has decided in his own what? Heart. Latch onto that word. Not reluctantly or under compulsion. Those are heart attitudes, right? Then he goes on to say, for God loves the cheerful giver. Now, here's, kind of, here's my misinterpretation of that verse for so many years, is that this verse was purely about a dollar amount. That somehow in my private prayer time, I was to pray to God, show me what you want me to give financially. Give me an amount, and I would decide in my own heart to do that, not reluctantly, but with cheerfulness. Now, I think that could be included in what Paul's talking about here, but I don't think that's only what he's talking about. What he's primarily talking about here is heart attitudes. Decide what heart attitude with which you're going to give. Decide in your own heart. Are you going to be reluctant? Or are you going to be cheerful? Each one of you decide in your own heart, not only the amount that you're going to give, but the heart attitude from which you're going to give with. Why? Because the Lord loves a cheerful giver. He doesn't love it when rich people give a lot of money. He loves cheerful givers. Those who are saying with their lives, their generosity, I trust you, God. 100%, all in, I trust you, and I am cheerfully giving. Does cheerful mean a lack of hardness? It doesn't. Does cheerful mean that it's always going to be easy? It doesn't. Cheerful leaves room for wrestling. Cheerful leaves room for, I'm struggling here, but I'm going to do it anyway. It's a lot like God's call on my life as a husband to love my, life, my wife well. Sometimes I love her well because I want to. There are moments where I don't want to love her, not because of what she's done, but because of my own heart and my own sin. And so I have to make a choice. Am I going to wait for the feeling to, to well up in my heart and then choose to love her? Because if so, she's going to be waiting around for a long time with this sinful heart. Sometimes I have to act in faith, right? And I have to choose to be cheerful in loving her. I have to choose to find joy in serving her. And as I step in faith and do that, God blesses it and does a work in my heart. And so what Paul is saying to these Christians is this. You've got to examine your own heart and decide in your own heart what your heart attitude's going to be here. God doesn't desire reluctant givers. He's asking for you to cheerfully give. An all-in commitment is an individual decision guided by something, guided by faith and joy in what? What you can do? No. In God's economic principles of reaping and sowing, you will reap what you sow. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? 
right? If we believe that, then our lives should look that way. Every day should be a sowing of seeds of faith. Husbands should be loving their lives well, even when their wives aren't lovable, sowing seeds of faith. Moms should be guiding their children to the truth of Scripture, even in the hard moments, even when you're not getting that immediate response you want, and behavior isn't changing one bit, you're sowing seeds of faith. Not looking for an immediate result, but knowing that you are participating in eternity and sowing bountifully. That's God's economy. A little bit different from the world's economy, but that's God's economy. Verse 8 is where I want to land with you today. Verse 8. Verse 8 was the heartbeat behind choosing all in as our initiative slogan, if you will. The word all is going to show up in the original language five times in this verse. Okay, so you're going to be looking for the word all. And so by all in, that began, first of all, with our elders last October, sitting around saying, we believe this is the next chapter of Solid Rock's journey. It's one thing to believe that conceptually and to map out a timeline to get there, right? It's a whole other thing to say, I'm going I'm to take this step of faith and do it. And we decided as an elder body in an elder meeting in October to draw a line in the sand and to ask one another, are you all in, completely committed? And each elder, all six of us, one by one said, I am. I'm all in. Whatever that looks like, whatever that means, I'm all in. And so now what Paul is going to do, he's going to talk about how God, through the Holy Spirit in your life, will cause whatever you commitment you make to abound, overflow, exceed what you actually expected. Here's, here's where we're going next. Listen to what Paul says. In verse 8 he says, and God, so if you're not giving out of compulsion, but you're giving cheerfully. And God is able to do something, to make all grace abound in you. Now let's stop right there, okay? Because he's not just talking about money here. We learned that in the last chapter of 2 Corinthians, chapter 8, when he used this word that we translate abound or excel. Now the word itself, abound, means to overflow and just keep coming up. Right, it's like the two-liter Coke. You open it, pour it in a solo cup, and it just keeps flowing. You just can't. You stick your finger. You do whatever you can. It just keeps coming. Just keeps coming. Just keeps coming. Just keeps flowing. That's that word abound here. But we learn in chapter eight that Paul is applying that not just to money, but to all of our spiritual life. He says that you would abound in faith, abound in knowledge, abound in eagerness, abound in your love for one another. He's saying this that this is not just about generosity. That you would grow in all areas of your life, spiritually speaking. So what Paul's doing here is he's saying, listen, this is connected. Your generosity and the collection for the saints is not just a compartment of your spiritual journey. It's all connected because it comes from the same source, your heart commitment. And he says this, God is able to make grace abound in you. Now, why does he keep taking us back to grace? Think that. Let that question land on you for a minute. Because grace is is that never-ending well of God's goodness to us that we draw from on a daily basis. And if you ever find yourself a day in your life not drawing from the well of God's grace, you're gonna grow hungry and thirsty quick because we need his grace on a daily basis. Amen? It's a great place to say amen. But for the grace of God, go I. I don't just need his grace on that moment 25 years ago when I became a Christian, I need his grace today, right now. And God has lavished me with his grace. He has 
poured out on me his grace. Ephesians 2 describes it like a sloppy painter, just swapping paint on a fence. God pours out his grace on me. And it's from this well that I choose to give and to serve and to be and to do. It's from the riches of God's grace. He's loved us well, church. How can we not be generous? How can we not be? And so Paul reminds us that he is going to make this grace abound in us, overflow in us, excel in us. So that having all sufficiency, what does sufficiency mean? Enough. That's that's not a popular American word, but it's a biblical one. Enough. It's the promise from Malachi 3 about tithing. Test me in this, God says. Bring the full tithe to the storehouse and see if I won't open up the windows of heaven and bless you until there is no more. Does anybody know? Need. Is God promising to make you rich if you tithe? Nope. What is he saying? You'll have enough. What I give you will be all sufficient. You'll have enough. And Paul is reminding them here that God's grace will abound in you. You'll have all sufficiency in all things at all times. You may abound in every good work. So what Paul is saying is, listen, church, this is not about money today. It's about where your heart is, and it's about your entire spiritual journey with Christ. It's what Paul wrote in Ephesians 2.10. You're, you're God's worksmanship. Think about that. You are God's worksmanship, Ephesians 2.10. What does that mean for us? It means we were created in Christ Jesus to do good works, but when did God prepare them? Beforehand that we should walk in them. You don't have to go out there and make it happen for God. You simply walk your life in faith and look for those opportunities that he's orchestrating for you. That's all the good works. And that's what Paul is saying here. That if you will live your life in faith, make your commitments in faith, trust that God and God alone will fulfill those things through you. You're not only going to abound and have sufficient sufficiency in what you need, you're going to abound in every good work. This is going to impact your prayer life and your marriage and your parenting and your serving. Like It's all connected here. Because why? It's coming from the same heart attitude. An all-in commitment to God. The last statement we're going to fill in together here is this. All-in commitment means trusting God will provide beyond what you need in order that you may abound in every good work. It's the opposite of doing things on your own strength. It's the opposite of working hard to get God's favor. It's saying, God, I'm gonna live sold out for you, surrender to you, walking in faith because you've already accepted me, you already know me, and you still love me. That's an all-in commitment. Well, last, um, a week ago Friday, a little over a week ago, um, we had an advanced commitment night here at the church. Uh, it was an exciting night, to say the least. Matter of fact, that was several people who've been at this church for a number of years came up to me afterwards and said, that may have been one of the most exciting worship services I've been a part of here at the church so far. And, uh, and I agreed with that. It was a really exciting time of worship. We spent some time, some time in First Chronicles um, 29 looking at really the first biblical fundraiser for a building where King David comes before the people of Israel and he says to them, hey, I've already wrestled with this and consider what God's calling me to give. Here it is. Now I'm calling the leaders in the nation of Israel to step up and make the next commitment, and they did. And so last 
Friday, Advanced Commitment Night, for a lot of you was that opportunity to kind of lead the way here for the church. Some of you were just chomping at the bit, like, do we have to wait till the end? Can we, I'm already ready. I'm already all in. I heard that a lot. We're already all in. And so it was an opportunity for you to express that. Um, it was an exciting time together. Now today, what we're going to do is we're going to take that step together, okay? So even if you were a part of that Advanced Commitment Night, we really want this to be 100% step of faith together. We'd ask you to go ahead and do that again this morning, Okay? Um, some of you have asked, can I, can I change my number? Um, yes, of course you can. Um, and I'm not even asking if you're going up or down. That's just up to you. Um, but yeah, today is a day for you to say, hey, I've heard from the Lord, and here's what he's calling us to do. Um, so let me take a moment um, to uh, show you a little footage from the Advanced Commitment Night, and more importantly, let you hear um, from the hearts of some of the people who were here that night. And then I'm going to come back and talk to you a little bit more about um, the commitment card and the heartbeat behind that. So if you guys are ready, let's um, go ahead and run the video. It means reevaluating our budget and uh, putting into perspective what uh, God wants to do through our family. We have thought about it for months, we've prayed over this, and we know that God is um, taking our church and us on a journey of faithfulness. And um, as we wrote our number down tonight, we took a big deep breath because it is, um, it is a financial commitment. But we know that God is faithful, and we know that. Um, Whatever we give is going to be used for His glory. For me, the all-in process and, and this commitment tonight was about um, digging in and, and seeing where else that we can sacrifice um, financially and um, where we can find more time to um, do things around the church up here and um, get the kids involved up here with us at the church. Um, we probably wasted about 15 commitment cards tonight, um, going back and re-scratching and redrawing it, but um, it was really about every every time we to have a conversation about it at home, um, I felt like, I, I felt God pulling me to say, well, you know, that office account that you have, uh, that you buy a lot of Whataburger and Jack in the Box and those kinds of things, out of, those, are, those are some additional funds that I could be using to in here at the church and, and put to a better use. I need to be, I want to be uncomfortable so I could, so God will use me because I feel like when you are comfortable, God's not, um, you're leading your life and when you're uncomfortable, God's totally opening doors and opening opportunities for you and as scary as it is and as um, uncomfortable as it is, it's where we need to be in order for God to work in our lives and for us to be a light for, um, in any way that God sees it fit. So the All-In series here at Taller Rock for us just means a lot. It really means that 
just being faithful and committed to what God calls us to do. It's so easy to think that we need to be in control and just take control for ourselves, but it's stepping out of our boundaries and just remembering that God is the one in control. So I'm just amazed to be all in tonight because, you know, over this, I just recently got here, you know, rather less than six months ago. And we have been all around the world in the Navy. And after I retired, we didn't know where we were going to go. But the Lord, I think, brought us here to this specific area. You know, we could have gone anywhere. But for this specific area and this specific time, the Lord brought us here to share in the blessings that He's blessed us with for so many years together. We are definitely probably one of the newest uh, members at, um, at the church. And we're excited to be um, a part of what God is doing here. We have felt incredibly welcomed by everyone. We are really excited to be all in with all of you. So tonight, our all-in commitment just letting go and trusting God. And through this journey, I've really wrestled with control because I like to be in control of things and have things planned out and know the why and what we're doing and just have everything planned out. And tonight, I just had to let go and let God take control. Yeah, and um, just really allowing the Lord to really um, bless our time with others around us. And just uh, really for me, especially just reevaluating um, how, I'm, how I'm interacting with others and really just um, being more intentional and, and focusing more on, um, on how we can be a blessing to others. We're all in, and tonight we've been really excited to think about what financial resources we can use to further the kingdom of God. Um, yeah, tonight the uh, the only commitment meant a lot to us because we've been really focusing on our finances for the past couple of months. But this was a chance for us to really hone in and figure out what we wanted to give to the church. And mainly, we want to be a part of this. We want to be a part of Solid Rock and the future that it has. So we're here to talk about what tonight um, our all-in commitment means to us and what it, you know our family and, and what our struggles were. And, you know, we, we met, you know, we talked about it, and um, I mean, to be honest with you, you know, it's hard. It's hard to to reach in that pocket and, and, and just kind of just listen to God. And, uh, and the reason why this is so difficult for us is because um, this is what we're comfortable with, and this is where God's calling us to really trust Him, and that's hard to do, um, but we're all in, and and we're doing it. <laughs>